All right, everybody, this is the nightcap edition of uh, Nobody Likes Casey McLean. You might have grown familiar with on my Substack. I am uh, fresh off of a trip to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you might hear the air conditioner in the background. Listen, I'm from Washington State. If it gets over 60 degrees, i got to have the AC on. That's how we're going to live. You're going to deal with the air conditioner. I'm also downstairs because I'm awake late because uh, my daughter, I don't know if I talked about this the last time, but my daughter has been having, well, she's now twice had it. She's had these like uh, post-COVID complications, like kind of asthma-like symptoms that apparently we are learning um, or we learned today, I should say, are somewhat common among kids that got COVID. Doesn't seem like anything wild or crazy. The doctor didn't seem very worried. They did COVID tests and all that stuff, but I'm up late because I have to, I had to, uh, you have to, there's this albuterol. This might be a medical privacy issue, but it's a very, uh, small subscription base for this podcast uh you have to uh i had to give her albuterol which is like a kind of inhaler deal for i don't know for something for asthma type stuff uh no thought that she has actual normal asthma just a lot of kids apparently if they when they get covid um yeah, they have these like uh, inflamed respiratory systems. I don't really know what asthma is, but that's what we're living with, folks. Uh, I'm drinking some Eagle Rare bourbon from the uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery. Feels fitting to be... Man, I had so much good bourbon in, in Kentucky. I... um. Kentucky home of bourbon, or where bourbon was, <laughs> I wanted to say discovered, where it was invented, I think would be the, the more accurate um, definition. Yeah, it was it was invented there. And, man, they had, not only, the, the, the thing that they have there, there's a couple things they have there that I, I loved, which is, one, you have, like, just a massive selection. Uh, Louisville Comedy Club has this bar attached to it that they own called, like, The Barrel House. I didn't even, honestly, I didn't look. So I had, uh, my favorite thing was, uh, that I had was Rabbit Hole Distillery Derringer, which was a, it's a bourbon that's aged in, uh, sherry casks. Really great bourbon. Um, and then we had old, the, the comedy club is right next to the old, uh, old Forester distillery. And so we had, uh, yeah, we had some, boy, we had some good stuff. Old Forester 1920, old Forester 1910. Um, I had some stuff that like, it was like almost like unaged bourbon, but not quite in an old fashioned, I think. Um, 
had some Japanese whiskey in the, in the green room because the last headliner that was there had that man. They make a at that the bar at the uh, at the comedy club. If you live out there, by the way, they make a fucking mean old fashioned. It was so good. God, I loved it. Uh. So yeah, I mean, overall, a very fun weekend. I don't. I. I, I mean. This was kind of known going in, but I uh, probably didn't make much money. I probably broke even or made, I would guess, less than $200. Paid for the trip. Uh, and it was very fun. I didn't take days off of my day job. I got to golf on Saturday, so there's going to be some more golf content coming out from Kentucky probably. But I, I probably didn't make money. I don't know that it's completely clear, but it's unlikely that I made much money. And, um, but I, yeah, I had a very, very fun time. Amazing club, amazing setup. It was really cool. I saw, uh, first, first person I showed up when I walked in down the hall is my pal, Aaron Wrighton, who's a comic and, uh, uh, I think he's a manager at this club, but he was in Tacoma. He was like a, uh, maybe he was a manager in Tacoma too, but he's, um, he used to work. He started at Tacoma comedy club as a waiter and then he started doing comedy and he's, he's worked his way up the ranks and he's, um, yeah, he's doing, he's doing well out there. Uh, saw some other familiar faces, the, the manager, of the club I knew from uh the first weekend opening weekend at um Skyline Comedy Club there's a lady that works there named Emma that's worked at like so she worked at the Tacoma Club and then she worked at the Oklahoma City Club and then she was also there training people at Summit City when I was there the weekend they opened and now she's working at the Louisville Club so it's like there's these people that I've started to realize that work for these clubs that I've known for like five years or six years, or in some case, seven years. Like these people are, uh, you know, people who I've seen 50 times a year for, for five years, for six years, for seven years. There's not very many other people in the world that are like that. And of course it's pretty rare that you get to like, you know, they're kind of you know, equal parts, not even equal parts. They're like coworkers and friends in some cases, but they're people who you don't get to like, you know, especially as you get older, you just don't spend a lot of time with people. And so it was cool. I got to go golf with Aaron and we all, uh, uh, Aaron, Emma, Gabe, and I went out for a drink outside of the club. One door down. We made it one door down. That's as, that's as much of Louisville as I explored the golf course. I went to a couple restaurants I went to the Old Forester Distillery, the club, and one door down. So, yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, the golf course was cool. The humidity in, which is, I mean, anybody that lives in Kentucky is aware of the humidity, but the humidity in Kentucky is wild. And I didn't even think of this, but the humidity, I believe, causes the entire golf course to just be damp the whole time you're playing on it so the greens were so soft 
that you'd hit a ball and granted I I have like nobody gives a fuck about this but I have like a um I have like a high loft shot. I get a lot of air under balls under my irons and so I'm putting I'm uh, these balls are hitting the greens from steep angles from high trajectories. But I they were just smashing holes into these greens. At one point I'll post a picture of it on or I posted it on Twitter actually. Uh, excuse me, the Casey McLean on Twitter, but uh, I hit a ball that that uh, there's a pitch mark. There was a pitch mark in the green, and the ball just burrowed into the pitch mark. It didn't bounce one time, didn't move, just hit the green and stopped, just dug its way in. Um, so that was very fun. It was. We started at seven in the morning with the hope of beating the heat, and I still sweat through my shirt and my hat. I had pretty good sets. Best set, as per usual, was the Saturday 7.30 show. I had a very good set. I had a set that's like maybe going to become my booking tape. And then there were some gnarly sets the rest of the weekend. It was, you know, lighter crowds. It's summertime. Louisville has a lot going on. Apparently, this part of town is like, uh, is like, one of the parts of town that were affected by the protests. I didn't know. I I guess I didn't realize it uh, when I was flying there, but they have renamed a street in, uh, in Louisville, like uh, after Brianna, Brianna Taylor, who was from Louisville, which I didn't even connect on the way. Uh, So, Um, yeah, I don't know. Small crowds. We had a family friendly show at 4.30 PM on Saturday. And I do not have very many family friendly jokes. And even the jokes that I have where I don't swear, I don't really feel like they're a level of darkness that really kids should be consuming, you know? So I ended up doing 25 minutes, which I I was impressed with myself, but like, it was like a, I'd call it like a B minus. If I assume, and I'm usually right, that my buddy Gabriel Rutledge is good for about an A, A plus every night. He's a, bo- a bona fide crusher, as many would say. He's a really great comic. And uh, if you don't know who he is, if you don't know him, if you haven't taken the opportunity after he's been on this podcast multiple times to give, a, to give his comedy a listen, he fucking crushes. He's an incredible comic. I love working with him because... He pushes me, um, you know, without trying. He's not trying to push me. We, he's been incredibly generous to me, but I don't, I don't expect Gabe to be like a mentor to me. And still, just watching him perform stand-up comedy makes you feel like such a fraud. And it pushes you to be better, to try to be better at comedy. And it's pretty fucking awesome. I very much, yeah, I really love... Uh, I really love working with Gabe for that reason, and many reasons. He's a very fun guy to hang out with. I I really love. We had a couple nights where we we uh, tied some <laughs> we tied some drinks on pretty hard, and yeah, had some real fun conversations. And both got to try more bourbon than we wanted to. Gabe tried to order an Irish whiskey at the bar, and the two people from the audience that were out at the bar would not let that happen. They stopped that quick. 
What else? Do I have anything more to talk about in Louisville? Um, oh, yeah. I did run into um, an old coworker of mine, a really, really great dude who lives in Lexington, Kentucky. He made the drive. Uh, shout out, Terry. You know who you are. I'm not going to give your last name. We don't, I don't even think he's on social media. Probably doesn't listen to this podcast, by the way, but Terry's the man. He sent me uh, his family makes a seasoning mix. They have a barbecue sauce also. But they have a seasoning mix, and he brought me a container of the seasoning mix. And I took it. I was meant to throw it in the bag with, that I send my golf clubs in. And then uh, I realized, as I was approaching TSA, fuck, I had not done that. So this odd, cylindric-shaped thing with power or powder in it is going to be going through TSA, as you might expect. It got flagged and made it uh, made it into the the extra check line, and so they gave it a. It was I Louisville, and this was actually in uh, Indianapolis. But I, I really the South is. Don't get me wrong. There's problems in the South. I'm not trying to pretend like there's not problems in the South, but the politeness, the the cordiality, the uh, hospitality, it's all very great. The, the TSA in Seattle doesn't fuck around. There's no there's no joy, it doesn't seem like, in that job. The Indianapolis airport isn't nearly as big, but, um, you know, they brought it over. The guy, there was a guy, uh, he looked at it, and then he brought his uh, boss over, and she had, like, some some test strips or something to make sure it wasn't an explosive. And then... Uh, I love this. The lady goes, um, she's like, so how is it? And I was like, huh? And she's like, the seasoning. How is it? And I was like, oh, I haven't, um, I haven't tasted it yet. My buddy gave it to me. And she's like, he didn't even let you taste it? And I'm like, well, I'm going to try I'm gonna try it a lot. But she's like, um, he said it smelled pretty good, talking about her partner. Like, he said it smelled pretty good. It's like a thing in Seattle, they probably wouldn't even let you uh, keep it. They'd probably just throw it away. Test it, find out it's not explosives, throw it away anyway. We're unfriendly people in the Northwest. And in the in the South or in Indiana, if you want to count that as the South, um, yeah, just much friendlier. Every every time someone saw me with whiskey, they would ask me this question that I've never I've never been asked this in Washington, and I think it's pretty endearing. They'd go, What'd you get a pour of? Which I thought was nice. What'd they pour for you? What'd you get a pour of? They really love, I mean, they love their bourbon and they're knowledgeable about their bourbon. And in the way that, like, the Northwest has craft beer and people have opinions and knowledge, and especially if you go to a place that serves craft beer, there's a very good chance you're going to get, you can you could find someone that can give you advice. They have the same thing with bourbon out there. Pretty cool. Pretty cool culture, pretty cool experience. The barbecue stinks. We went to a barbecue place by the club. I'm not going to out it by name, but it fucking sucked. I don't understand how you can build an entire empire or a big opulent restaurant on just dog shit barbecue, but uh, they did. They seem to have a cool thing going otherwise, but the barbecue just sucks. I'm a barbecue snob now, folks. I did some new material. That went well. I'm trying to build out some existing material things are going well material wise i did have to uh cancel my i'm doing um i was supposed to do the rendezvous in uh the rendezvous in seattle 
and I had to cancel it. For some reason, Facebook's not letting me be the the co-host of my own comedy show and then give them money for ads. That's all I want to do is just give you money for ads, Facebook. I've been working with support for two weeks. It's frustrating. Okay, there was some sad news in comedy. And I want to talk about it, but I want—I just want to make it clear that uh, there's a reason I'm talking about it here and barely on Twitter and not on the main feed um, of the podcast, which has more listeners. And the news is that uh, a comedian named Jack Knight died at 28 years old over the weekend. And Jack Knight is a guy that's from Seattle. Uh, the story goes, as he told, as he told it, uh, he did one open mic in Seattle, moved to LA and five years later, which is by the way, just breakneck speed. You can't even imagine how fast that is to be doing this. He was headlining the comedy underground in Seattle and I was hosting for him. I don't know. I was trying to think of how long I had been doing comedy when that happened. Let me, if I can briefly find it on my phone, I'll let you know, but it's like a good, a good, uh, indication because I've like, not to, not to toot my own horn, but I have progressed pretty quickly. If I can find it, I didn't, I must not have put it. Ooh, is this the right calendar? Yeah, it is. Let's see. Underground. See if we can find the years. Ah, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen, folks. I wanna say it was like two thousand seventeen, maybe. I was like two years into comedy. And this dude was five maybe it was three years. This dude's five years into comedy and I'm hosting for him at Comedy Underground. He's headlining and crushing and very good. Had a full strong hour at five years into comedy, which is, I mean, I feel like I finally have, and again, by the way, I think I'm doing pretty good, pretty well. My wife is an English teacher. I should be doing, I should be using better grammar. Um, yeah, I, I'm doing pretty well. And this dude just blasted. Jack Knight. Uh, so I've talked about him before on this podcast because he was the first comic, first headliner I ever worked with that I was certain by the end of the weekend he didn't like me. So now a couple things have happened since he passed, which is I've read a lot of people's uh there's stories about Jack Knight and it seems like he had a little bit of a uh blunt streak so it's possible that he didn't actually dislike me as much as I thought but I'm certain he didn't like me but he crushed the the conversation we had that led to I mean like it was pretty cold to me after this and I'm telling you this because um, 
I'm sad. Like, I am sad. I'm not friends with Jack Knight. I wasn't friends with Jack Knight. I worked with him once. I've followed his career since, largely out of jealousy, to be honest with you. And um, I didn't dislike him. I don't. And by the way, I don't think he disliked me, to, to, to dispel that quickly. I don't think he disliked me. But I don't think he had any affection for me. Interestingly, his, so his family came to many shows, and I have... Like I was, his his brother was in the audience and liked me. And I know this because his brother gave me his phone number. Like, dude, I want to see you perform. Let me know when you're doing this or that. And I never did. And it's, you know, like sweet guy, but it's like, a, I'm not going to, I can't be texting every person to sell a ticket. Um, but yeah, so... Jack Knight was a local guy and I was like kind of interested in his, his, uh, story. And I'm, I have these like journalistic interview tendencies. So I just started asking questions about where he grew up, what schools he went to. I'm from here. And I think what he thought was that I went to those same schools and that I was kind of like presenting him with, here's how we have a connection. And he could give like a brief thing and move on and he at one point I go I was like oh you went to like um I don't know what high school it might have been uh I think I I asked like did you go to Rainier Beach and I think he said he went to Hazen which are uh two like Renton South Seattle area schools and um he's like did you where'd you go and I was like oh I went to Fife man I'm not I'm not from up there boy do i do i i hate giving out personal we're leaving it in folks but um that is where i went to school you know now now you know the fucking high school i went to but it's not if you're not listening from the seattle area it's like 30 miles south i live in tacoma now it's uh it's a neighboring city of tacoma um i was just i was not like trying to have a connection I was I was doing press work, which is also very annoying in the green room. I will give him I'll give Jack Knight credit on that. I'll give him some grace because that is very annoying <laughs> to just to be peppered with questions by the I just was like another thing about Jack Knight, and this is true if you go look at if you go search stories about Jack Knight, he had a magnetism and a and a glow. Maybe a glow is better. He had like a glow. There was, there's a thing about that dude that people love. He had some amazing jokes. Uh, in, and so, by the way, cause of death, not released. Um, I have some, I, I did some searching and I, I, I suspect that, I'm not going to say what I suspect, but I saw some shit where people, it's the first time I've ever been mad at people who are doing this thing where it's like a young person dies and they go, ah, probably the vaccine. Like the, the, whenever there was a, a post about him dying from, you know, like Comedy Central, Adult Swim, uh, uh, Big Mouth, which by the way, the week I worked with him was the week that he got, he like found out he got the job or had maybe like, uh, known for a little bit, but was like finally announcing something like that, that he had gotten big mouth. 
he did a voice on the TV show Big Mouth. And uh, anyway, the responses by comedy fans were like to comedy outlets posting about it were incredibly compassionate and in a lot of cases they they shared stories um you know famous comedian shared stories uh fan shared stories like very beloved dude in seattle he had been he was beloved in seattle i think um god who featured that weekend anyway some people really loved Jack Knight in Seattle, some audience members and some comics. And so to see that kind of like outpouring of love and these, these very funny stories about Jack Knight, and it's kind of a, the way the comedians eulogize each other are with these like very funny, um, honest stories because Jack Knight if he's anything like me, if he's anything like a lot of comics, I think would want to be remembered as very funny. I don't think Jack Knight died because he was vaccinated. He had a couple jokes that I really loved. Uh, one of them was, you know, I might have worked with him. It must have been 2017. Trump was in office for sure because he had this joke where he goes, he said, um, I know a lot of people hate Donald. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I might be even editorializing slightly, but he goes, I know a lot of people hate Donald Trump and I do too, but I will say there is one good thing about Donald Trump, which is, uh, that dude is low key, the best civics teacher I've ever had in my life. I'm learning about electoral maps. I'm learning about Russia for the first time. I'm learning, you know, he's like going through all these. Things. It's just such a funny premise, such a fertile premise about how Donald Trump was like, actually taught us a lot about the electoral process and he's now teaching us about the judicial system it's very fertile premise that i was jealous of the moment i heard him say it i was jealous and then he also had this joke about having depression and i think uh it's pretty well documented but if you're listening and don't know this it's pretty pretty well known that um the black community of you know for which i do not speak by the way but that i'm aware of and that i've got you know a, an appropriate amount of friends is whatever the amount of friends of real good friends in that community that makes me a uh, you know not a racist <laughs> therapy isn't as widely talked about it's not considered like um, brave or honorable to talk about therapy in that way, and that this was like a a stereotype and a and a norm that Jack Knight was trying to challenge in his act. And I, you know, obviously, we've learned a lot about mental health in the past couple of years, and it's it's unfortunate that it's very often in these types of circumstances if the if the by the way the the evidence that i saw of it being mental health related was simply um one person on twitter one famous person on twitter saying like rest in peace jack knight everybody check on your friends 
So I don't know if that was giving away. I you know I've searched. I don't really want to know gruesome details. So I've kind of slowed down searching. Um, there's a lot of like there's a lot of uh, people um, self-aggrandizing, trying to use this as like a uh, I don't know clout chasing. Off of Jack Knight's death. And that's unfortunate. But. He had a joke that was like. Uh, I go to a therapist. Because I have depression. And. Uh, you may not believe that I have depression. Because. Uh, how could I have depression. When I have a smile that lights up a room. I look like the starting quarterback. On a on a uh, Disney Channel original, something like this. These were like, I mean, it was very funny because Jack Knight was like a good-looking dude. He was like a good-looking, charismatic, incredibly talented, um, you know, he's like incredibly smart. He had so many things going for him. And if, in fact, it was, you know, I'm not going to say the word. For some reason, I feel like it's, in poor taste as long as I don't, but it's, it's a reminder if that was the cause that it is a disease, like depression is a disease and you might look at people like Jack Knight. I would have looked at him two weeks ago and been like, that dude has everything going for him. He's a fucking industry darling. He's been on Comedy Central. He's been he's been on several TV shows. He was on Big Mouth, which is one of the funny like one of the funniest shows on like it's on Netflix. He's been on uh so many funny things. He had his he was on uh you know like a 15 minute special on on Netflix. Like this dude has been been given every opportunity in an industry that is tremendously competitive and tremendously cutthroat. And basically nobody had a bad thing to say to him that wasn't something they found to be funny. If you don't if you remember like when Norm Macdonald died, there was a lot of people who were sad. And then there was a small segment of people talking about how Norm had been like sexually inappropriate. And I don't know you know those those stories are tough. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't like to hear those stories about people who I admire, but I don't know who they're helping except for that person. And of course, if someone's a victim, uh, if someone is a victim, they deserve help. They deserve to be able to help themselves. But I kind of feel like it's a moment where like a lot of people are grieving and you're going like, well, your grief is invalid because this guy did some bad stuff. And I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm not even saying that's the wrong thing to do. I just feel like you're like, fuck, can you let these people who are devastated, like, can they, can we get them a couple days? And then I guess in that case, the question, I don't know. Point is, the point is not really anything about Norm Macdonald, but th there's none of that stuff about Jack Knight. Jack Knight blasted through comedy with talent and without having, that I'm aware of anyway, 
like serious controversy. And I think I'd probably be aware of it. I'm, uh, there's a lot of, th- like, you get into comedy and there's just shit that you hear about. I knew about the Cosby thing like years before it became a big public thing. I knew about uh, the the Louis story before that became a big thing. There's other things that I know that I will not disclose about comedy that are like kind of poorly kept secrets if they've made it to me. I didn't know about the Norm thing. I'm not entirely surprised when a guy in his mid-60s who's been successful since his mid-20s has, you know, a fucked up view of consent and and sexuality and whatnot. Um, not to excuse him, but... Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not surprised. You never heard any of that stuff about Jack Knight. Truly, like, one of the most universally by people who met him beloved dudes. I didn't dislike him. I just am here to, like, I'm not, my thing is, is, uh, even in Seattle, there's many people who were significantly better friends with him than me, um, who were, who were comics. And I don't even want to, I don't even want to take away from their catharsis because there's part of this, even those people who are making these exploitative posts to cloud chase off Jack Knight's death, they are getting some catharsis from those posts. I really don't believe that there's people out there who have who have no uh, no connection to Jack Knight at all, fabricating a relationship. But I do think there's people who are like, well, we can, we can uh, round off some of the edges of this to gain clout from my grief, you know? So anyway, 28's too young. I think about death a lot differently now because... I mean, I think partly because my parents have had some health concerns in recent years. And, um, you know, luckily my wife and I both have both of our parents. We have one surviving, uh, I have one surviving grandparent. My wife has, uh, three with, we got some, we got some step grandparents in the mix, by the way, but we're counting them as full grandparents. Three? No, four. No, three. Three surviving grandparents on my wife's side. Um, but then also I think about myself. I think about, I have a kid and Jack Knight was 28 years old and I'm 36. And the, uh, you know, he did so many things that I feel like I would never have a shot at doing. Like, even if I had started younger, this dude is like a good-looking dude, a good-looking black dude in a time where that is, you know, like, not being discriminated against, thankfully. 
in a good time and got everything a young comic could ask for, basically. And still. Maybe the cause of death is going to be something different. If that's the case, I, uh, I apologize for any kind of implied speculation. I just think... I know that Jack Knight talked about... He talked about mental health a lot on stage. Um, and good. And good. If I can if I can say anything that my comic or my comedy is, it's removing the varnish from parenting and life and giving I don't think people want to see this is like that Instagram shit. There's like I didn't know this was really happening, but I guess it's like common enough that it must be. People are seeing Instagram and they're becoming depressed because they're seeing their friends' pages who post only the good moments of their life and then they assume that they're getting all that stuff. And I think when you look at Jack Knight as a comic or as a comedy fan, you're like, what more could this guy want? And the truth is, it's not that. It's not about that at all. It's a fucking disease. It's a fucking disease. And it... The survival rate pretty high but it's not 100% and it's treatable and we're getting better at it but it's uh yeah it's very sad 28 and I it's just it's interesting uh this is like maybe a little bit goofy and sentimental but on the Saturday early show that we did with Jack Knight um, his parents came, maybe, maybe just his mom. I, I actually don't know the, I know his mom came, his brother, his sister, um, maybe stepdad. I, I don't, again, this, the structure is cause he's, I, I have his, his half brother's phone number, but his entire church came like a bunch of people from his his childhood came to these, this show. It was like such a cool thing. Such a, such a, like, you're like, I didn't even know who this guy was. And to find out he's like this beloved in the, in South Seattle was inspiring. And it's weird to think like all those people, it's not weird. It's like tragic to think all those people had this, you know, bright, shining star, a guy who would have been enormous. I don't think, by the way, my, my memory is that I don't think he was much of a, much of a partier. So even the other like cynical tweets about like drug use, I don't think it was that. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate again, but I, I don't, I don't know. Even that's like mental illness though, right? Addiction is mental illness. We got a little off the rails and I got the Eagle rare got to me. I've ha I've thought so much about Jack Knight in the past couple days because I was just, I was fucking jealous. 
I was jealous of Jack Knight. I wanted Jack Knight's rise. It didn't make me dislike him, but I, I think it certainly made me discount his um, entertainment value in my mind. And that stinks. It's like a true thing about me. It stinks. I was jealous. And, you know, I don't know what would be different. I don't know that anything would be different. But it's something now that I realize, like, everybody's got their shit. Jack Knight's had a bunch of success in comedy. Um, and yeah, tragically, we won't get to see Jack Knight, you know, be- become a fucking star. He, I do think he would have become a star. I don't think that that often, but that dude was very talented and very, had many of the qualities you would want in a star. Okay. It's been a kind of depressing episode between my daughter and uh, Jack Knight, but I hope you guys, uh, you know, comedy can bring people joy. And that's, I guess that's a thing you talk about like these legacies of great men like what is norm mcdonald's legacy what's what's gilbert godfrey's legacy what's bob saget's legacy what's jack knight's legacy and i think the legacy that they share is they made just thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people each smile and laugh i shouldn't even release this this is this is too corny i have a little bit of a buzz i'm tired sentimental i'm emotional but anyway i'm gonna end it thank you for i'm gonna i'm gonna end the podcast (laughs) i'm gonna end the podcast thank you for listening um yeah follow me at the casey mclean come see some stand-up dates don't buy tickets to that july 30th thing this week i'm in um Puyallup, Raymond, Washington, and Olympia, Washington. I'm going to be local for a while if you live in the Northwest. So my uh, daughter's birthday's coming up. My sister's wedding's coming up. I'm going to try to figure out how to squeeze another road weekend in. But if not, uh, catch me all over the Pacific Northwest, mostly in Washington State. Thanks, everybody. Bye.